Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. We've been in this series, The Gifts from the Holy Spirit, and last week I taught on worship, and I didn't really plan how this was all going to work out, but I think it couldn't have been set up any better to talk about worship last week and then be here to celebrate uh, the birth of Christ. And uh, so through this series, we've been, or yesterday, uh, last week rather, we were reflecting on Jesus' compassion, His mercy, His sacrifice for us, and throughout the year, especially during the Christmas season, let's continue to uh, worship the Lord and uh, maybe start a new tradition this year uh, before just really getting into all the gifts and everything maybe just take some time to thank the Lord thank him do we do we do that or do we just kind of go through this this series and <clears throat> I mean through the season and everyone's excited about the gifts and all that but do we take time to thank him and and maybe start a new tradition where maybe we just spend some time worshiping the Lord that would, that would be awesome. So as discussed last week uh, about worship, worship is more than singing a song. It's a lifestyle that we choose to live. And uh, on, again, on August uh, 27th, we began this series of gifts from the Holy Spirit. And uh, I, I really wanted to take some time to drill through 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, where Paul is talking and teaching about the gifts from the Holy Spirit. Uh, to the early church, but also for us. And these gifts given to us are wonderful to help us be empowered to walk in the things that God has given us and empower us to live the life that we were created to live. And all those, although the gifts from the Holy Spirit are really wonderful, my first point this morning is Jesus is the best gift we could ever receive. <laughs> and <clears throat> when I I guess when we think about this, we think about, excuse me, when we think about this sacrifice of Christ, it costs us nothing to receive him. We just need to believe and receive. But it was a great sacrifice for him. He stepped, think about it, he stepped down from heaven and to a sin-filled world impacted thousands of people millions of people if you look look at how the impact is still moving forward today but he stepped down and he went to the cross he willingly went to the cross to take on all of our sins all of your sins just think about your own sins but not just yours but mine and everyone's sin and then he rose on the third day, demonstrating that he not only conquered sin, that he paid the ransom for all of our sins, but he rose on the third day, proving that he conquered not only sin, but death as well. And what was his motivation for that? His motivation was love for you, for me, for all of us. And... So we talk about it every week that this relationship with him changes our life. It's, it's life-changing. And let's go to John 3.16. I know you've probably heard this scripture hundreds of times, but for God 
loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone, say everyone, everyone. so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And I know that we, we hear that scripture and we see the signs at the football games, John 3.16. But do we ever look at verse 17? God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. That was the purpose that he came. That he could restore us back into this wonderful relationship with the Lord that was broken in the Garden of Eden. Forgiveness for our sins and eternal life with the Lord is only available through Christ. And Jesus is telling his disciples in John chapter 14 that he's leaving them and returning to heaven. Let's look at what he says here. Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And so there's one way, only through Jesus do you know people that think their way to heaven is through performance? Well, if I perform well enough, if I dot every I and cross every T, and if I jump through every hoop, aren't you glad that it's not performance-based, but it's grace-based? Do you know anyone attempting to perform their way into heaven? You know people like that? Well, I, I give to a united way, and I, I helped an old lady across the street, and I, I'm trying to perform. I'm trying to do what's right. Our efforts are futile. We, we cannot get there on our own. We cannot be good enough. The good news is we can't be bad enough to be disqualified. Do you know people that are trying to perform their way into a relationship with the Lord? They don't really have a relationship. Have you ever had those people in your life that they try to perform their way into a relationship with you? They may not be interested in an authentic, genuine relationship. Maybe they're interested in what you have or what you can give. Are we like that with God? Do we, are we trying to perform? Or do we have a genuine, authentic relationship with Him? That's the key. Our relationship enables us to live the abundant life Jesus came to give us. Our relationship enables you to live the abundant life Jesus came to give you. Do we really grasp that and understand that? My first point is Jesus is the best gift we could ever receive. <laughs> My second point is receiving Jesus, uh, receive Jesus and live the abundant life and liberty that he came to give us. Preach it, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I want to pick up. I want to pick up where kind of we left off last week, and I want. I'd like for you to turn to the book of Luke, four sixteen through nineteen. When he Jesus the emphasis mine there. When when he Jesus came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up. To read the scriptures. Okay, so a couple of things here. If Jesus went to church, you think you need to go to church? <laughs> uh, in the synagogues, different teachers would stand up and read and teach from the scriptures. And so Jesus is at church and he's handed the scroll from the prophet Isaiah. Keep in mind, back then they didn't have books like we do today, they had scrolls. And so he was handed the scroll. 
And the passage in Isaiah that Jesus had uh, read was written 700 years before. And so in Luke 4.17, it says, The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Now the interesting thing is Jesus is reading what Isaiah had prophesied about Jesus. Jesus is reading about himself. And this is another scripture that talks about the mission and the purpose of Jesus coming to earth for us. But let's look at verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. And so when we read this scripture sometimes, we may think that he's talking about bringing the good news to poor people financially poor but that's not what he's talking about he's talking about bringing the good news to people that are spiritually poor because without Christ all of humanity is in need all of humanity is destitute all of humanity is spiritually bankrupt the good news is the hope that Jesus brings so Luke Luke 4 18 continues he has sent me to proclaim that captives be released and this Greek word for captives uh, is like a prisoner of war. Imagine that someone is a prisoner of war and they're set free. We know that there's a battle for your soul. Yeah. Jesus gives freedom. Satan brings bondage. And you probably know people that, that are living in bondage. Well, Jesus came to set us free spiritually and physically. Our spiritual life impacts our physical life, and our physical life impacts our spiritual life. A spiritual, healthy relationship with Jesus produces physical well-being. I'm not saying that we never have any challenges or any problems, but think about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruit of the Spirit that have an impact on our physical life. Do you ever need some peace? Do you ever need some joy? You ever need a little self-control? <laughs> ever drive down I-45? <laughs> and a destructive physical life has an impact on our relationship with the Lord. Distance from the Lord. Think about times when you've walked away or you've, you've engaged in a lifestyle or you've been caught up in addictive behaviors or something. Not only does that kind of put a wedge between us and our relationship with the Lord, Nothing can separate us from his love, but we can turn and we can walk away from the Lord or we can go through those seasons where, you know, we're, our, our, our relationship is not what it should be. You know, Jesus said we need to remain connected to the vine. He is the source. And when we disconnect from that, it has an impact on our life. And have you, I know you've all done something that maybe you felt guilty about. Or you had shame about. How does that bring us into a relationship with the Lord? It, it causes this kind of break, you know, because we can pile guilt and shame on ourselves. And there are some people that live in that realm. They live with guilt and shame. And it can be destructive to their relationship with the Lord. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. Jesus came to set the captives free. Freedom from sin. 
Okay, so he paid the price on the cross for all of our sin. We don't have to carry that around and drag that around with us. He, he paid the price and the penalty for our sin. Sometimes we need to ask the Lord to help us release the, the effects of sin in our life. Because there are consequences for sin. But we don't have to live there. And we can say, Lord, help me. Wash that thing from my mind. I know you forgive me. Help me to forgive myself. Help me to forgive those that hurt me. John 3.17, remember he paid our ransom and came to save the world. It's real life stuff. He came to save us, set us free from our own bondages. Sometimes we, we put ourselves in bondage. Sometimes because of, like I talked about last week, because of the wounds in our lives, the rejection, those things, we have filters. And we think, well, God can't love me because of all the guilt and shame I'm carrying around. And Jesus is there to say, let me take that off of you. I took that all on at the cross. (laughs) Setting us free from spiritual, physical captivity, from destruction. I want you to close your eyes for a couple of minutes and think about this. Maybe in your own life, maybe in people that you know, but Jesus came to set us free, everyone free from addictions. Do you know people that are caught up in addictive behaviors, destructive lifestyles, bitterness as a result of unforgiveness? And when we, when we have unforgiveness, bitterness, that root of bitterness can be birthed in us and, and grow into a, a massive tree in our life. Here's, here's a big one. Uh, Jesus came to set us free from the epidemic of pornography. Many people are caught up in that globally here in America, pornography. Here's, here's another big one, freedom from the effects of rejection. I'm never going to trust anybody. I'm never going to open up my heart to anyone because I've been so rejected. Freedom from guilt and shame. You carrying stuff around? Let it go. Jesus paid the price. You know, if you need to go and ask forgiveness from somebody or, or extend forgiveness to someone, then, then do that. But you're, we're not called to live there. Okay, you can open your eyes. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be set free. We were never designed to live in bondage. We were never designed to carry guilt and shame and all the stuff that some people do. We're not pack animals. We're not an oxen. We're not a, a donkey. Those animals are, are pack animals, but we're not. We're referred to as sheep. Luke 4.18 continues that the blind will see. And we know that Jesus heals people physically. But what about spiritual blindness? I think that's probably more important than physical blindness. Is being able to see spiritually. 
And so that's one of the reasons we need the gifts from the Holy Spirit so that we can connect with Him. Jesus said, I go that the Holy Spirit may come and lead you and guide you into all truth. He will tell you of things to come. He will give you insight. We need spiritual insight. We need His guidance and leading and direction. He goes on to say that the oppressed will be set free. This Greek word for oppressed means broken in pieces, shattered. Do you have broken places in your life? Are there, are, are there places where your life feels shattered? And this is a different word, a Greek word, than from captives. Captives is more like prisoner of war. He came to set the prisoners free. He came to set the oppressed free. The results can be the same, being bound up, hopeless, depressed, thinking that there's no way out. How could God forgive me for all the things I've done? How how can I ever forgive myself? Listen, he came to set the captives free. And you know people in your life that are bound up, that are in captivity, that are oppressed. Jesus is the hope of the world. And if you have any of those areas in your life, get free. Get free. Give it to Jesus. Say, Jesus, take this off of me. You took it all on at the cross so that I could be free. Let me walk in freedom and liberty. James says in 118, He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word. James is writing to people that are alive. So what is he talking about? He he chose to give birth to us. He's talking about spiritual birth through God's word. John chapter 1, the gospel of John. In the beginning was, was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Everything was created through him. He gave life to everything created. He gave light to everything that was created. Verse 14, he became human and dwelled among us. Clearly the word is talking about Jesus. And he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, by giving us Jesus. That's how we have true birth, spiritual birth. And out of all, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Well, I don't believe that. I don't believe I'm his prized possession. Well, you may not believe that one plus one is two, but it is. And what does the word say? We need to believe the word. We Look at your neighbor and say, you're his prized possession. Come on, say it with some passion. You may not believe that, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And look at all the beautiful creations God has here. Just in this room. Different colors, shapes, and sizes. Personalities. And we need to understand that we are his prized possession. Without Jesus, we are all spiritually bankrupt. Let's go back to Luke 4, 20 and 21. So Jesus had told them, the people listening about himself. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. <laughs> All eyes in the synagogue 
looked at him intently. I think they were getting something. I think that they were coming to some understanding. Wait a minute. Isaiah wrote this 700 years ago, and he was talking about this man, Jesus, right here. Verse 21, then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. So I bet they were really looking at him then. And if you read on, shortly after this, they're trying to kill him. Not everybody's open to the good news that would set them free. And as we've talked about in this series, the gifts from the Holy Spirit, some people reject those gifts. Some people get really angry about those gifts. Why? Jesus does not only bring the good news. Jesus is the good news. Amen. So sometimes... Sometimes I think that, well, let me say it this way. You'll be, some of you will be opening gifts. You'll be giving gifts to your children or grandchildren. The hope is that they will value you, cherish you more than the gift. Let us never cherish other things more than Jesus. Receive his gifts, but don't reject him. Receive him. Because he, he came to give the abundant life that we can walk in. He came to set us free because of his love, his compassion, his desire to have a relationship with us. So during this season, let's be reflective of that. How much that God loves us. And not only us, but the people around us. There's a whole world of people around us that don't know that he came to set them free. That he came to release them from their oppression and depression and all those oppression words. Because of his love for us. And that he really, really, really does see us as his prized possession. And he really, really, really does want to have a personal relationship with each and every one of us. And he wants us to be free from all the stuff from the past and walk in the newness of life that he provides.